focus. Hello there to you. It is Troy Stockton with today's edition of the Rural Focus podcast. If it's happening around agricultural circles, aquaculture circles, horticultural circles, we do our best to bring it to you. How about that cow over east that sold for, well, some are saying a world record price, $67,500. It was a Highland heifer uh, bred in Victoria. Yep, sold for $67,500. So I'm guessing the demand is pretty well high. Uh, well done to the breeders over there on the East Coast. It is Troy with you today and coming your way very soon, the AGLP participant from Northam here in WA, Jordan Mills. We'll catch up with Jordan and find out why she applied to be a part of the AGLP. We'll catch in with Millie from the Livestock Collective. How are the live sheep exports going? We'll catch up too with Elders Agronomist from Albany down in the deep south of regional WA. James B, he's going to join us very soon. But we thought we'd kick off today with uh, some seed cleaning. This man really doesn't need an introduction here in WA. His name is Neil Ballard from Ballard's Seed Cleaning Company. Neil? Hello there to you. It's good to be back. How are you? How, how are things going, mate? Well, we're still busy. We're still uh, still trying to finish off seed from last harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had we've been going all all winter, and um, it's the biggest season we've ever had. And and um, I think this next harvest is shaping up to be pretty similar. Yeah, certainly. So uh, yeah, some good news there. Now you wanted to come on today to uh, well, there's a bit of confusion around uh, your neck of the woods. Yes, well. Uh, <laughs> Son and daughter-in-law's business in Narragin, Ballard Seeds, has closed down due to them being unable to find a buyer or a manager. Mm. And a lot of people think I have too, but <laughs> I just want to get the message out there that I haven't. I don't need any more text messages asking if they could buy some of the equipment. <laughs> I'm still using it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so everybody out there is getting uh, the two companies sort of mixed in as one, unfortunately. Mate. Yeah, well, yeah. They, they 25 years ago, they used to be one, yeah. <laughs> or up until 18 years ago, but, yeah. um, and that's all, there's always been a bit of confusion about that, but we've, but we're still going strong, we're just, just heading into our 26th season, so we're, we've been around for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Now, they tell me, mate, you've put a colour sorter in, what, what can you tell us about this? Well, we, there are some seeds that you that you really don't want in a in a sample, and, yep. and some of them are very hard to get 100% of them out. And I mean, even with a colour sorter, you still can't guarantee that. But things that are a different colour, example, turnip, wild turnip seed, red, dark red, and not many people want to buy seed with, with turnip seed in it. So uh, we put that in to try and get all the seed out to make some of the seed lines sellable by the growers. It's not 100% perfect, but it's certainly makes a big improvement. We've, it's took us a while. We've only just recently had technicians over from Queensland to get it operating as well as we can. Yeah, That's that's made a big difference to some, some types of seed. We we won't be using it for everything yeah. because, um, you know, canola, for example, well, you, there's that many different colours in canola, you'd finish up with not much seed at the end if you took all the, all the ones out that weren't black. How is the uh, canola cleaning going for you, mate? Well, it's a pretty important part of, the, of our operation. Absolutely. It's not the biggest yeah. part, but it's an important part yep. because yep. Uh, farmers want to be able to keep their own seed where possible and yep. want to get a good quality product to sow. So we And you can't grade canola properly with a mobile grader. It needs to be with a fixed shed 
you know, with the gravity table does most of the work to get the best quality seat and mobile graders don't have a gravity table. So we do a lot of that and we offer other services as well to, yeah. to uh, apply fungicide, herbicides or fungicides and insecticides and to canola where required and we do uh, germination tests and 1,000 seed count and then I can give the grower the sowing rate he needs for his seed. There is a big difference between mm. between samples. You can get 200,000 seeds per kilo difference between yep. one sample and another sample. Are more growers coming to you for canola cleaning, Neil? Yeah, last yep. year was yep. probably our biggest. Okay. Um, that was brought on a bit by a shortage of, of new seed in the market, particularly for hybrids. And for the first time, we cleaned quite a bit of hybrid seed last year, but I haven't had any reports on how the growers have gone with that as yet. But we'll find out when they start turning up. So you're still going through last season's, mate. Uh, how long will that take you to get through before you can start on this one? Uh, another couple of weeks okay. and we'll be we'll be all tidied up and we'll be, we've got canola coming in now. Yep. It's almost... Uh, well, it's starting to starting to come in quite regularly, so we'll be onto that before Christmas, I would think. So, seed cleaning, grading, drying. Don't do drying. We okay. don't do drying. Uh, I think a lot of people in some parts of Australia would like to have their own. <laughs> a lot of people would like to have their own dryer in the eastern states yeah, just absolutely. to dry the paddocks, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But we we do the cleaning and and pass, all pasture seed and canola. Pasture and seed. Yep. We do other things, sesame seed, and a number of other other. Seeds as well. Is there a seed out there that you don't do? Um, <laughs> probably. Well, we don't do much cereals, of course, yeah. but we do some uh, small quantities of a, a thing called einkorn, which is an old Roman wheat variety that's gluten free, and we dehull some that for a company at Catanning. Okay, so it sounds like you've got enough on to keep you busy, mate. We have. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. just had our biggest year ever, and um, so we're uh, record-breaking territory. So. I think this season will be much the same. Absolutely. So for the growers out there who may be wanting to get in contact with you, a part of Ballard Cleaning Company, what's the best way, mate? Nine double eight three two double zero five. Go ahead and do that. Know that you're busy. Hey, thanks for uh, taking the call on Rural Focus this morning, Neil, and uh, we'll chat with you again soon, mate. My pleasure, Troy. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Always nice to catch in with Millie from the Livestock Collective. Good morning. Morning, Troy. How are you? Not bad. Hey, uh, what's the latest now with the uh, the live sheep exports? Yeah, there's uh, multiple shipments heading out this month, okay. which is great to see. So yeah. they'll be heading to the Middle East, right. uh, countries like Kuwait, Qatar, uh, Jordan, Israel, UAE. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a diverse range of countries across the Middle East that benefit from WA sheep producers. I was lucky enough to go on one of those tours uh, a few, well, about, well, a few weeks ago, really. But uh, are you still doing those tours, Mill? Yeah, yeah. So they're open to uh, people from the broader community. Community, so yep. people not connected to agriculture, people from the media, politicians, and also farmers as well. So we'll be running them, um, yeah, a couple of small ones in December with yep. a select bunch, and then kicking off with bigger groups in January. And how can people get on board these tours? So on our website, um, you can get in touch with us or on social media. But there is an expression of interest form that we'll be able to forward to anyone that 
get in touch and that way we can get you part of the process. If you're wanting to do the tour, highly recommended. So, uh, yeah, do get in contact with the people at the Livestock Collective today. Now, you've had a busy 2022, Mill. You've been here, there and everywhere. Yeah, I have. It's um, it's a national organisation. <laughs> so, yeah, trying to get across to every state of Australia can be a challenge. So this year, I'm guessing you spent so many hours on planes and probably buses and everything else. How many hours would have you spent Say on a um, plane. We actually did some calculations yeah. on this, and yeah. I'm going to put them out on our social media. But I spent just under a hundred hours on a plane this year, wow. um, and almost 250 hours presenting, um, so at, at events or at workshops. And so I guess, yeah, a lot of my job is is that and <laughs> connecting with people in agriculture. And you do do a wonderful job of presenting as well. So 2023, another hundred plus hours. Well, maybe. <laughs> We'll definitely still be providing transparency, uh, creating that educational material and continually uh, developing the capacity of people in agriculture to also be having these conversations because, yeah, we want to remain transparent Mm. and on the front foot. Absolutely. Do you get to have a, a little bit of a break? Yep. yep. Are we having Christmas off, Troy? Okay, fantastic. All right. So uh, there you go there. So if people are wanting to know more with you and the team at the Livestock Collective, what's the best way there, Mill? Ah, yeah. Social media or our website, I think, is the best way to get in touch with us. Um, yeah, we welcome any questions. All right. Go ahead and do that. Speak again soon. Cheers, Troy. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. As we mentioned on Wednesday here, on Triple M when we did catch up with Esperance farmer Tom Longmire. Ten individuals from around Australia have been selected to take part in the Grain Growers National Leadership Program, the Australian Grain Leaders Program. We did catch up with Tom on Wednesday, though we thought we'd catch up with another West Aussie. There are three West Aussies a part of the ten individuals from around Australia and it's time right now to say good morning and congratulations and say hello to Jordan Mills. Jordan, hello there to you. Hi Troy, thank you very much. So talk us through your application. What what made you go and apply for uh, for this? I've been following grain growers for a couple of years um, and I knew Alan Meldrum. I met him while I was studying at Muresk yep. and been following, following them along on socials and seeing what they've been doing for the grains industry over the years. And fortunately, uh, in July this year, I was able to attend Innovation Generation, the conference for young people in ag in Sydney. And that was fantastic. Um, really great couple of days interacting with all different people from the agricultural industry. And I got to chat with some past participants of the program, um, some WA people and some people all over the country uh, and also the facilitator Joe Eady and um, they all highly recommended I apply for the yep. program um, and spoke very highly of it so I thought yep this is something I'm keen yep, on and yep. aligns with my values and probably a good step in the next direction so um, yeah looking forward to getting into it next year and meeting the other participants. So for those who may not know uh, is your background in agriculture? Yes, so I grew up on a family farm in Corrigan, so my parents are still farming there, Um, and then I've been working in ag for nearly about seven years now, um, after studying ag business at Muresk through Charles Sturt University, Uh, and now Northern is home, so my partner, his family farm in Northern, so uh, now back, uh, back in the wheat belt and call that home. So I've got a financial background. I started working for Rabobank <laughs> okay, after uni yep. and uh, did a couple of years there. And then uh, I went off to uh, DEPA, Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development, 
uh, as a farming systems innovation development officer. So that was um, a great role. You got to connect with a lot of farmers and industry and bring in Intel back to the department. And, of course, what, you're working with the CBH group at the moment? Yes, I am. So just just started in the last month, a new role as Trade Support Coordinator with CBH. So it's really great to jump on board with a company that's leading the grains industry. Um, So I'm really excited to learn a new skill set and explore this avenue. Well, I believe one one of your big projects here will be to investigate the best practice models of workforce planning in the grain business. Is that right? Yes. So um, coming from a financial background and my time at Rabobank, I got exposed to a lot of different farms all over the state. And something I kind of see going forward in the industry is we're dealing with such complex businesses now, assets you know, I work mm. so much. Yeah. Um, machinery is worth so much. So we really need to make sure that the future generation is equipped with the right skill set to manage these family farms and make sure they're sustainable and profitable in the future. Um, so I think there's lots of courses out there and there's lots of development opportunities, but it can be very overwhelming. Uh, and people often, you know, don't have the time to do everything or even do one thing. So I would like to look at a workforce planning map to kind of direct people in the right direction yeah, that can add yeah. the most value to them. And are you looking to get, say, you know, I'm guessing you're of the, the younger age out at the moment, of course. Uh, are you looking to get the younger generation into farming and, you know, what it can do for them? Yes, yeah. So I think what I'd like to see is, you know, there's, there's many young people mm. in the past yeah, that might have just yeah. returned straight to the family farm. But I think now, like, you do need quite a unique set of business skills to manage a farm, given um, it's quite a complex environment, agriculture at the moment. So, uh, yeah, definitely keen on attracting more people to the industry, but also just existing workers, existing staff, kind of ties into succession, like children on the farm. What's the best um, pathways and development opportunities? So, you know, are they going to be cropping manager Mm. or are they going to be the grain marketing person or are they going to be the HR person? So I think there's a lot of different things in agriculture and farming now that we have to focus on and you know they're all becoming nearly equally as important yeah, so yeah. um you know is there direct pathways that different people should be going down and then on the flip side it also kind of shows people that there's career progression and mm, development absolutely. so you might start as a yeah. farm worker yeah. and move your way up into cropping manager or a particular farm manager or different avenues like that so big ideas at the moment um hopefully i'll critique over the next 12 months and, yeah, find out a lot more about it. Now, as we know, uh, in the grain sector, a lot of things probably change week to week. So <laughs> I suppose just trying to get one project out there, it'll probably change on you the next time you, you think about it. Definitely. And yeah. I spoke to the facilitator um, at Innovation Generation Conference and yeah. she said um, it's definitely, yeah, definitely something that changes mm. as, as yeah. the year and the program goes on. Um, what you think at the start will probably be completely different to what you think at the end because yeah, once you gain these leadership skills and skills that you learn in the program, I think you'll start to think differently and think a little bit more outside the square. Do you hear a lot from from the team at Grand Growers? Uh, yes, I, yep. I'm a member, so yep. I yep. Um, get the, I think it's the monthly emails or fortnightly <laughs> emails. Um, they send out a magazine. They're pretty active on their socials and I do follow, I follow a few people, like mm. we've got local Tracy Lafroy from Mora. She's on the National Policy Group. I think we've just got the new WA chairs, Reese Turton. So yeah, even just those individuals are sharing sharing things about 
about grain growers and then Alan Meldrum's often out and about at grower field days. Saw him at an Ag Connect event a few months ago. So yeah, keep in touch with them and yep. we'll definitely talk to them a lot more closely uh, in the next 12 months. So are they kind of like role models for you going forward? Uh, people on the board and the um, and the policy groups and things definitely. Yeah. So yeah. that that's one of the reasons this this program and leadership opportunities mm. really interest me because in the future I would like to um, be in a leadership role to give back to the agricultural industry and represent our regional communities. So definitely um, see a lot of these people as great role models. Yeah, it certainly sounds like you're uh, you're on the right track here. Have you uh, touched base with? Other of the participants, not just uh, the other two here from WA, but the others around Australia, have you touched base with those and see how they're going? No, not yet. I've um, only just read the list and of the different people and their projects. Mm. I, I've heard of the other WA people, so I, I should flick, flick them a message and have a <laughs> chat. But um, yeah, it's been a busy couple yeah, of weeks yeah. just getting started in my new job at the moment. Yep. So um, yeah, no, look forward to meeting them all. It looks like we've got a really great diverse mix. And Absolutely. I love the fact yeah. that we've got a mix of growers and industry. And I'm really fortunate that I get to be on both sides of the fence there. No, absolutely. Hey, uh, thanks for taking the phone call today. Good luck with it, and we'll see how things go uh, in the new year for you. Thanks so much, Troy. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you, and other goods and services may be available. Time right now to uh, catch up with Elders Albany agronomist, the one, the only James B. Just join me. Morning, mate. Morning, Troy. How are you, mate? Not bad. How's things down on the southern coast? Yeah, good. I mean, uh, sunny Jeremunga up today. So uh, it's, they're trying, trying, hoping, hoping the sun's going to stay out and uh, and keep getting getting the harvest going. Yeah. Still a bit of hay cutting down your way, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've had had a, a pretty good run of uh, of rain, late rain. Mm. Uh, some some areas have had probably three hundred mils of rain since the start of October. So finding a window to uh, even get get three days to get silage in has been hard. Yep. Let alone let alone trying to find enough weather to dry hay. It's been yeah, quite emotional for some guys, let alone yeah, getting bogged yeah, and yeah. all the other issues. Has this been one of the wettest seasons, mate, that you've seen? No. No. No, okay. it's been it's been a a very good average season okay. without being too wet. Yep. But I think that rainfall through Wellstead, many peaks, Albany for yep. October has been just about record. Yeah. But up until that point it was um it was running on just really nicely. Yeah, lovely. Now, mate, uh, for the growers out there around your neck of the woods preparing paddocks for next year, I suppose early summer spraying would be one thing? Definitely. Um, yeah, with these sort of late finish and the issues we're having trying to get the crops um, yeah. dry enough for harvest, there's a lot of soil moisture and we're, we'll be, well, we are seeing a lot of small weeds germinating in the crop and under the crop. So either if we can crop top, that uh, those those paddocks prior to harvest, or even swath them and spray them at the swath, um, it goes goes a long way to cleaning that paddock up and, and, and preventing any any weed seed set. But also, if you can, the sooner you can get back into the paddock and spray those those summer weeds or even even late ryegrass and yeah. those type of things uh, as soon as you can after harvest, it's generally a, a little bit. Or the, the smaller weeds are easier to spray and cheaper to spray. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, the price the price of glyphosate's been uh, easing back, but it's still I wouldn't say cheap. So um, we need to make sure we make some good decisions with that. And without uh, we don't want to overuse chemicals, but we need to need to also control those weeds. Absolutely. Uh, what about crop yields, mate? How, how's that looking? Um, yeah, generally, uh, locally through that sort of higher rainfall zone, they've, yeah. they've been holding up really well. Most guys have only really had a crack at canola, but there's some 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 really good yields coming off, and uh, even in areas 
where there's been some impacts. I mean, we've had some fairly widespread hail yeah, okay. around the place through, yeah. through a lot of the south coast, um, and uh, and that's been impacting things. The local insurance boys are commenting <laughs> that there's a fair few claims coming in. But, yeah, the uh, the results so far have been really encouraging. But, yeah, well, it's the, you know, the, it's the average that's the important thing across mm, the whole yeah. farm. So yeah. we're... Um, yeah, hoping guys uh, get a get a decent run at it. The uh, the weather has it's been a typical South Coast uh, spring, which uh, you know let's hope summer starts soon. That'd be really nice and Absolutely. just get, get yeah. a good runner to get the crop off because uh, the longer it sits out there ready, the more chance of uh, of harvest damage and you know that type of thing from weather. You say you're in Jurumungup, mate. I, I did see a report from CBH saying that Jurumungup had some pretty good receivals to date so far. So that's probably yeah, a good thing for I them think, around that area. I think the boys have had a, had a bit of a run at it. Yeah, it, um, yeah. it did warm up, um, yeah. especially uh, after the weekend. And uh, I think uh, think things are obviously everyone's got pretty good capacity these days to uh, rip the crop off as fast as humanly possible. But I believe also that it's pretty hard to buy a hundred ton snatch strap around the place as well. So you need to be extremely careful about yeah. where you're uh, harvesting the paddock. I've heard a couple of guys that you know may not be able to harvest the entire paddock and let that bit dry out and uh, go and rip off the stuff that you can. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I hope, hope everyone uh, is as safe as they possibly can be under these conditions. It's a bit challenging at times. Is that the big thing that you're hearing from the growers around your area, mate? That's the biggest thing at, at the moment? Well, I saw, I saw, I saw when, on the way up here this morning, I saw a paddock that had just been cut for silage and there's block okay. marks in it and they hadn't picked oh. all the rows up. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I've, I've definitely, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, definitely, I think there's a four-week four, four week wait on 100-ton snatch traps from oh. some suppliers. So, okay. uh you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate because of all the uh, the wet weather over east as yeah. well. So yeah. it just puts a little bit of a little bit of pressure on things, and no one likes uh, driving over crop to to pull a big big header out. All right, so early summer spraying for uh, the growers down your way. Uh, how are things at Elders Albany, mate? Yeah, going along well, mate. Um, we're lucky to have some some fantastic customers out there, and you know we uh, we wish them. Wish them all the best for harvest and and, uh, and all the pasture guys. Uh, you know, there's late late rain for the pasture guys. There's a lot of lot of green feed out there, so they're experiencing a a pretty good spring flush, um, which is which is excellent. Yeah, just just make one make sure everyone has a uh, has a safe conclusion to harvest and, and everyone has a, as good a result as they possibly can. Mate, uh, let you go. Know you've got a busy day ahead. Thanks for joining us on uh, Rural Focus this morning. Thanks very much, Troy. Good on you. Yeah, always well, nice to catch in with James B. Elders agronomist there in Albany on the southern coast. Great spot around regional WA. If you're uh, listening to us interstate or internationally, great place, Albany. And James here speaking about uh, early summer spraying. So, yeah, I'm sure the growers around that area are certainly doing that. Well, that is my lot for today. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Listener App. I'll have another Rural Focus podcast for you again very soon.